Support comes from Empower Missouri, providing in-person and virtual training to become an advocate for Missourians living in poverty. Registration for Empower Missouri's March 27th Advocacy Day is at empowermissouri.org WOA. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Rosenbaum, a political correspondent with St. Louis Public Radio. When an 84-year-old white man named Andrew Lester shot 16-year-old African-American Ralph Yarl in Kansas City earlier this month, people around the state and country were outraged. Yarl was trying to pick up his siblings, but went to the wrong house and was ultimately shot twice. Clay County Prosecutor Zachary Thompson charged Lester on Monday with two felonies, and if convicted, the 84-year-old could be going to prison for a very long time. Yarl's shooting sparked questions about whether Lester may be able to use what's known as the Castle Doctrine or the Stand Your Ground Law as a defense, but most legal experts that spoke with me don't believe that will fly, especially if Lester can't prove that Yarl posed an imminent danger. I spoke with St. Louis University Law Professor Anders Walker about what constitutes the Castle Doctrine and Stand Your Ground and why they may not help Lester. Can you describe what the Castle Doctrine is? The Castle Doctrine is a rule that if you are in your home and someone threatens you by coming in, you don't have to run out the back door. You can use lethal force to stop an intruder. And what is the difference between Castle Doctrine and Stand Your Ground? Well, not much. They're basically the same rule. Uh, You don't have to run away. If someone is threatening you, Stand Your Ground applies outside your home. That could apply in the street. If someone puts a gun in your face, you can shoot them. You don't have to say, could I run away? If you're in your home, you don't have to run out the back door. Same basic idea. You have a little more protection in your home but otherwise it's very similar. I was looking at a number of states yesterday, and most states have either a stand-your-ground law or a castle doctrine or a mixture of both. But there are some states that don't have either, and they have what's called a duty to retreat. Can you Do you know what that means, first of all? So that was the old rule, and the old rule was you can use lethal force if you need to. If you absolutely have to use lethal force to prevent serious injury or death to yourself or someone else, if you don't need to, then you need to run away. You need to retreat. You need to close the door. You need to drive somewhere else. States started to say, well, that isn't right. If you're in your home, you shouldn't have to run out the back door. And then states started to say, you know, even if you're on the street and someone points a gun at you, you shouldn't have to make the split-second decision, can I safely run away? You should be able to stand your ground. And so... States like Missouri have both rules, and I think it might break down politically. I think it's more popular among conservatives to stand your ground, and I think the Second Amendment generally is more popular among conservatives. It seems like these types of laws have been in place for literally centuries, but it seems like it was a relatively recent development that states adopted Castle Doctrine and stand your ground. I, I actually covered when the Castle Doctrine was passed in Missouri in 2007, and Stand Your Ground was added in 2016. Is that generally been when other states have added this too, like in the last 20, 30, 40 years or something like that? I think so. I think a lot of it is political. Uh, Even the old self-defense rule, which dates back to ancient English common law, was you can use lethal force to defend yourself if your life is at risk. 
you can't use it if it's not necessary. You can't shoot people who do not threaten you. And a lot of it is political theater. A lot of it, I think, is um, not really that different. You can't shoot someone if they don't pose a threat, full stop. If no one is threatening you or they're pointing a water gun at you, you can't shoot them. You do have to walk away. And I think that gets to the Kansas City example where from the facts of the case so far, a 16-year-old went up to somebody's door, rang the doorbell, thought it was somebody else's house, and then was shot twice. And what I've heard from people is neither Castle Doctrine nor Stand Your Ground would apply because the 16-year-old Ralph Yarl did not pose an imminent danger to this person. I think that's right. Now, a defense attorney would argue this was late at night. Uh, this was an older gentleman who may have been afraid. Maybe it was an aggressive knock. We don't know. However, in cases like this before, and there have been two, one in Louisiana, one in South Carolina, homeowners shot trick-or-treaters. Both were prosecuted. Under the theory, if someone rings your doorbell or knocks on your door, you don't have to answer. If you're afraid, just stay in your house. Don't shoot unless they kick in the door because it might be a kid. So I think this guy's probably going to go to jail. This is not this situation, but let's just say this. Let's just say somebody like opens the door and says, hey, come on out, basically, because he thinks it was the siblings were in there. Is that where it gets a little bit murkier under this under this theory? Oh, yeah. If someone's opening your door, then I think uh, the homeowner has much more ground to say, whoa, I have a reasonable fear this person's going to hurt me. And I happen to live in Soulard. People knock on our doors all the time, often late at night. Sometimes they're intoxicated. Sometimes they're looking for a phone. We don't open the door. If someone's coming in, then I think the homeowner probably can say, look, I had a reason. It, it all goes to a jury. What's reasonable? Is it reasonable that this person was the orchid man? Or is this person going to take something? It's interesting. I mentioned the 2007 Castle Doctrine law in Missouri. And obviously, gun-related laws often provoke a lot of controversy. That bill passed like in the House 130 to 20, which means a lot of Democrats voted for it. Yet Castle Doctrine and much more so Stand Your Ground laws have become very controversial in recent years. Why do you think that they have engendered so much controversy among people that don't think they're good ideas? Well, I think the controversy uh, really began with the Trayvon Martin case. And then I think it became um, part of a larger story about white fear, white aggression. Um, Trayvon Martin, of course, was a kid. And I think whenever you have children who are shot, then that's going to draw a lot of media attention. And then most people don't have law degrees, so they don't realize, oh, stand your ground, castle doctrine is actually pretty much the old self-defense rule. If you are threatened and it is real, it's not fake, well, then you can use force. And if you have a fear that you might be seriously injured or killed, you can use lethal force. It's also gotten run, uh, rolled up in the gun debate. And so we've had, got this big debate going on about the Second Amendment. Conservatives have really beefed it up. And then progressives, I think, want to see some more gun control. So I think there are bigger issues that have made these controversial. The law itself isn't that 
uh, different from what it has always been. It seems like in the Ralph Yarl case, if the man that shot him ends up being convicted by a jury and either the stand your ground or castle doctrine defenses really just don't fly, it seems that that would showcase that there are limits to both of those things and that does not just give somebody an unlimited right to shoot somebody. If that scenario ends up playing out, is that basically the best takeaway from that situation in regards to those two theories? Yeah, I think that's right. If someone rings your doorbell in the middle of the night or knocks, don't shoot. Wait. See what happens. If they kick in the door, then I think you're uh, okay to use lethal force. So this could be a test case even if... Well, even if the jury votes to acquit, it's still going to be a test case because there's going to be a huge amount of controversy and media attention. So we'll just wait to see. I suspect that uh, the gentleman is going to go to jail. Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, there's one thing. There's been talk about why wasn't uh, the defendant charged with attempted murder. And the reason for that is in Missouri... First-degree assault, which is the charge, actually bears a heavier penalty. If the victim is injured, it is a Class A felony as opposed to a Class B felony for attempted murder. So the prosecutor in Kansas City is throwing the book at this individual, and uh, a first-degree assault charge is quite serious. For more coverage of Missouri politics and policy, go to stlpr.org. And if you haven't already, be sure to follow St. Louis Public Radio on Instagram at STL Public Radio. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, and thank you for listening. St. Louis Public Radio's The Gateway gives you the day's news first thing every weekday morning. From the ever-evolving relationship between St. Louis City and County to developments in the Missouri and Illinois state capitals and reports from our correspondents in Rolla and the Metro East, we put it all in a roughly 10-minute package with clarity and context. Download The Gateway wherever you get podcasts.